0: Welcome to the Man Cave Podcast with Dan Casper.
1: What's up, everybody? Welcome to this episode of the Man Cave Podcast, brought to you by our good friends from High V and Toys and Ford. Dan Casper here with you as always. Coming up on this episode of the podcast, our good buddy Justice Cleveland is going to be hopping back on and. Initially, we're talking about uh, we begin the conversation talking about uh, the new Packers defensive coordinator because I haven't gotten Justice's thoughts on it, and it developed into uh, a conversation about the the direction of college sports in general because you're starting to see some college coaches either leaving, retiring early, or in in college football at least, head coaches like the Packers. You know their defense corner was a head coach at a college program, and reports of Chip Kelly. Really wanting to to come back to the NFL as an offensive coordinator, and he's the head coach at UCLA. Cliff Kingsbury leaving college to come back to the NFL as offensive coordinator. So developed into a conversation about where things are going in in the college in the college game, specifically in a coaching level. So uh, take a listen to, to that. That's going to be in the second half here. But to begin things off with uh, with the podcast, it is Super Bowl week here. We'll have more talk about Super Bowl as the, as the week goes on. Um, but uh, you know, kind of recapping some of the stuff that uh, that happened over the weekend, and and really, when you're looking at it from Wisconsin sense, it's it's kind of hoops. Badger basketball falling again to Purdue, I should say falling again this time to Purdue. Uh, it was a battle; it was tight uh, throughout. But the Badgers not able to get it done. Um, they're probably going to be outside the top ten rankings. We're recording this podcast, and you know what? It's the the new rankings are going to be uh, posted out there as soon as we upload this podcast. But we're about nine games, nine games I believe it is, left in the regular season here for the Badgers. You know, college basketball overall, you know, Marquette's going to be moving up in the rankings here too. They just beat Georgetown, dominated Georgetown. But college basketball overall I think is it's going to set up for a very interesting tournament in a little over a month from now. And I really feel like we're going to see more upsets this year because I think there's some solid parity in college basketball. When you look at the rankings, you know, UConn's going to be at number one, and I think the majority right now, if the brackets were released today, the majority of people are going to pick UConn to win. Purdue probably right there, too. But after that, who who's going to be next? I mean, North Carolina just lost. They were the three-team. Arizona was so hot at the beginning of the year, they've kind of tumbled down here. I think it's going to be a crazy, crazy March Madness. And I can't wait for it. I know my bracket's going to suck, probably like a lot of people's brackets out there. But I'm going to love seeing – I think there's going to be a lot of close games, and I think there's going to be a lot of upsets coming up here. College basketball has just been weird this year, weird in a good way, because it seems like every week, whenever we've gotten the new rankings, some teams in the top fives have lost to an unranked team or lost games, and they're going to drop down in the rankings. So it's going to be nuts. And I think, you know, especially in the Big Ten Conference – when you look at you know it was at uh, the field of 68, I thought I had a great comment about the Big Ten. It's Purdue, then there's a gap, then it's Wisconsin, Illinois, then there's a bigger gap with all the rest of the teams there. When you look at the Big Ten conference standings, it's Purdue in first place, Illinois and Wisconsin are tied, then you've got like eight teams all a game within a game of each other for like fourth, and when it comes to the conference tournament, that's a big difference with buys and such. It's going to get crazy in this final month here going to get nuts. College basketball is in a good good spot right now. I think in terms of parity and seeing all these teams kind of battling it out right now. Hoops wise or uh, NBA wise, Bucks uh one and three in the Doc Rivers era. Bounce back victory against Dallas, come from behind victory against Dallas, got the first win. But then it just got ugly against Utah. It looked like they were going to get another win, two wins in a row, uh you know, move to you know, move to two and two under the Doc Rivers era, if you will. But being outscored by the Utah Jazz 40 to 13 in the fourth quarter, that's inexcusable. That is bad. And that's ugly. And we got the NBA trade deadline coming up here in just a few days on Thursday. We're recording this on Monday. So um, we'll see the, the deadline on Thursday. And again, a lot of speculation, a lot of banter thoughts. Are the Bucs going to make a move? And really, when you look at it from, from money-wise, from salary cap, soft salary cap, luxury taxes, and to just the overall assets that they have to trade, it's slim for, for, for the Bucs. If the Bucs want to make a move, they've got to move on from one of these three players, maybe all those players, or maybe a couple of them. But the big three is going to be Bobby Portis, Pat Connaughton, Marjan Bochan. Some packages, depending on who you want, you might have to include all three in there for, for one player, plus some draft picks. You might, you know, depending on a couple other plays, you might be able to move on from one of those to get a guy in return. But, you know, the bigger the move you make, the more you're going to have to give up. And if you make a big move, that kind of really shortens your bench. You know, I'm kind of using Murray from Atlanta, for an example. If you have to include all those three to get him, your bench takes a hit. Beasley probably moves to the bench, and then it's Jay Crowder, and Beasley is your top two off the bench. For what it's worth, Doc Rivers so far hasn't used a ton from his bench. But... Do you really want to have a short bench at this point in time and then get in the postseason and maybe kind of grinding it throughout there? I I don't know. This is a tough position to be in. I still think the Bucks make a move. I don't think it's going to be a big move like for Murray from from Atlanta. Don't be shocked. Don't be surprised if they do move on from Bobby Portis to bring in some more defensive help on the perimeter. But I think this is a move I I do think the Bucs are going to make some sort of move before Thursday's deadline. John Horst and the front office for the Bucs have shown that if, you know, if there is a move to be made or if there's, there's a possibility of a move to be made, they've made those moves, and they've shown to be aggressive. They've shown the willingness to try to change things up for the better of the team. And I think they're going to do that. I just At what level? And I don't think they're going to move on from both Pat and Portis. One of those guys, I think, is going to be on the move. Just don't know which one right now. If it were me personally, I'd rather keep Bobby and then probably move on from Pat. If you can get something in return, a defensive player, a perimeter defensive player out on the wing, defensive wing over there to help improve that. I think you got enough offense. I think you got enough offense. Gotta get better defensively. And and the thing is, too, is you're you're still kind of in the Reset mode with Doc Rivers in. You're only four games in, and he's trying to incorporate what he wants to do, but mixing it in with what they're doing instead of, you know, just straight up, hey, stop doing this. We're going to do this. That'd be a worse mess. They're still kind of getting to know each other here. It's a process. But right now, when you look at that Eastern Conference, it's the Celtics. Cleveland's red hot. Philadelphia's probably taking a hit now because of Joel Embiid getting hurt. You got the Knicks who are playing really well. You don't want to fall too far down in the standings. It's uh, it's tough, but I do think the Bucs will make a move before Thursday's deadline. All right, tell you what, let's take a quick break, and we'll bring in our good buddy Justice Cleveland after these quick words. Are you thinking of taking a spring break trip this year? Or maybe you're already eyeing up that summer vacation, but you're not quite sure if you have the proper transportation for those road trips. Hey, that's where Toys and Ford can help you. Toys and Ford has a wide selection of new and used vehicles for you to check out. And at Toys and Ford, they treat you like an honored guest. They will work with you on financing no matter what your budget may be. So if you're looking for that new vehicle this year, head to Toys and Ford, located at 1000 Chippewa Crossing Boulevard in Chippewa Falls. We are always looking to save a little money in our pockets, but we still need our essentials like our grocery items. So how do you save money while also getting what you need for your family? hy V perks. If you shop at hy V, you're already getting a great deal on quality items throughout the store. But now you can save more money with hy V perks on different items each week. Saving some money is easy if you shop at hy V in Eau Claire. So take advantage of these awesome deals and sales and stop on over at hy V in Eau Claire today. Uh, so the last time we talked, uh, JC Packers didn't have a defensive coordinator. They now have a defensive coordinator and I don't know what you've seen or what you've heard, but it was like initially the reaction was like, uh, who, right. you know, but then it felt like after people started to kind of look it up and started to hear some stuff, it's like, I actually kind of like this one now, you know, it was like almost like a stages of grieving a little bit, you know, it was like, uh, what? no. That's just right. dumb, you know. Why would you bring somebody from college when you had this? And uh, oh, okay, and then you start hearing a little bit more. And it felt like, at least when we were talking with people the day after, it's like they were they started to hear words like aggressive, and they started to hear words like he plays press man coverage, and yeah. that's like a lot of stuff that Packer fans have been wanting to hear. What are your thoughts on the hire of the Heathly era over in, in Green Bay <laughs> as defensive coordinator? I think, uh, yeah, I think a
0: lot of people were just like, "Who?" When mm-hmm. you first get that, because th- obviously a lot of people wanted a big name. Yep. But uh, the people wanted one name mm-hmm. in particular that they've wanted for a long time. A long
1: time. And I haven't heard his name at all no. mentioned this so year, which makes you wonder. wonder he's
0: probably not interested yeah. in doing that right now. Yep. So yeah, Jim Leonard, if you're out there, if you're if you needed the not clue, Bill Belichick. Then, yeah, well, I you, you know. You laugh, but I had a, more than a few people talk to me like, what about Bill Belichick? I'm like, the guy's had the most power in the NFL. Yeah. He's not coming to Green Bay to be a coordinator.
1: I think he'd be more likely to go coach Harvard or a high school team than go be a defensive coordinator yeah, in the NFL. I, I think
0: those days passed 30 years ago. Yep. So, yeah, that wasn't mm-hmm. going to happen. But you end up getting a guy. I think you look at it, it's actually a huge thing to think about. This, they took a guy who was a head coach or I would say a major or mm-hmm. university. I mean, yeah. it's a D1 university and one that has a good reputation and took him to become their coordinator. I think that's a huge grab. Yeah. If the guy's trusted to be in charge of a program like that, I think him coming back to the NFL to be a defensive coordinator is, is a great grab for Green Bay and he must he, he checked all the boxes mm-hmm. that they were looking for and just watching some of the uh you know the footage of Boston College and yeah, they seemed very aggressive. A mm-hmm. team that knew how to get takeaways. Right. Which is something I think the Packers have kind of struggled. Not, I mean, it's been a while. I feel like it's been, you know, there's been, there were years where they were one of the top takeaway teams. This yeah. last few years, it's kind of been a struggle there. And I think that, honestly, for Joe Barry, might have been the end, you know, the demise mm-hmm. for him because that's one of the few things that they actually were not very good at. Right. They're middle of the road in most of the things with him, but mm-hmm. takeaways always seem to be a struggle. So. Yeah, I think it's a it's a good grab for Green Bay.
1: I agree. Um, you brought up the the college thing, and now you know that's that that was kind of the first. I don't know if, it, but you started to hear more talk about you know this might be a thing now where college coaches are looking to get to the league. And I know after that was announced, you heard some quotes about coaches saying they. You know they're trying just to get to the league talk in the NFL and yeah. the change in landscape of college football right now. I mean Chip Kelly just seems desperate to leave a, uh, his head coaching job at UCLA to get an offensive coordinator job in the NFL. We got Kingsbury that's back in the NFL now, leaving USC to go to Washington. Let the Caleb Williams rumor spark now. Yeah, uh, but I mean you're you're here, and then you've got guys who are retired, not just in football, but you know we've seen guys in basketball. Retiring, I mean Jay, you know from from Villan Jay Wright from Villanova, is still I would consider a younger yeah. coach out there. Um, but I mean the the change in in college sports with the NIL and the transfer portal, great for the athletes, but is it going to have a negative effect? You think on having quality coaches at, at the college level, or does it open up opportunities for other coaches?
0: I think it's going to kind of be a mixture of that because I think you're wearing so many hats now yeah. as an as a college coach that. At least in the NFL, that stuff's com- car, you know, compartment. Everybody has their lane that they're in. For those, you have your GM. You have that. I think it's a little different in college because it's a different landscape right now. That they're almost having to, you know, manage the free agent stream with the transfer portal. Yeah. But do that all as a coach, and go out and recruit. So you're, you know, you wear so many different hats. When you go back to the NFL, you can basically focus on what you need to focus on. Mm-hmm. You go, you know, if you go from being a head coach at Boston College to where, where you're wooing and having to fly around, to going to be a defensive coordinator where you can watch film, bear down, and really figure out that part of it. Mm-hmm. I think that makes a difference. And if you're going to get about the same money. I think the NFL, honestly, is probably the, the easier choice of the two because you can really just focus on what you're doing, where in college, really, you have to be wearing so many hats right now.
1: And I know some teams have started this, um, it was a couple years ago, um, but could we see potentially some more teams? Yeah, this is the person I was thinking of. Remember Alonzo Highsmith with the Packers, yeah. the front office guy? His, his he's, The official title now is general manager for the Miami Hurricanes. Right. Could we see more colleges or should more colleges employ that? Not it's a little different from athletic director. Athletic director I would say it's maybe like vice president or or, you know, like the the president of teams or something like that. But the general manager is like the person that maybe does the scouting. You know, kinda like we see in NFL or or basketball, like looks for those prospects and and try that they're the recruiting person essentially. So you're allowing your coach to kind of really focus on football.
0: I mean if this NIL money's going to really flow in there as much as it is, yeah. they almost have no choice. Mm-hmm. Like you have to almost manage it like a professional sports team. Yeah. So and and that's where I think you could you 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 know, they've floated out that idea that you might have to have another tier of college football mm-hmm. for these teams that can afford to do that to the teams that can't. Right. Like you, you know, it, it it's to a point where some of these teams in the, you know, the SEC, the Big 10, the amount of money going into those programs to run the football and all that stuff, that it is. It's a professional team. Yeah. And, like, these m- smaller, midterm, middle, I don't know what you want to say, like the smaller conferences, the non-major ones are going to have a tough time mm-hmm. competing in that landscape. I don't know. College football is kind of – I'm not saying it's broken, but they got to figure out – got to streamline this somehow or – it's just going to end up being the Wild West, and I think you are going to have coaches. I think I'm sure Nick Saban. It had to do this. This all had to do with something with him probably stepping away too. Yep. I mean, just it's so much mm-hmm. on their plate right now. That yeah, you probably do need a general manager. You knew it, you need a scout. I mean, you already have recruiting coordinators and stuff. But you're going to, these staffs are going to just get larger and larger. The costs are going to get more and more, and you're really going to price some of these teams out of college football. So. I just – here's the thing. College football created its own problem, its problem itself. hmm You held back the floodgates for so long, instead of just letting this maybe trickle to where it would be, you know, the the, the name, image, and likeness stuff, if you, this happened 20 years ago and you said, okay, you could probably start doing that, now it's just like the Wild West. Right. Because there's just no plan. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. They They got to figure something out. Or it's gonna it I don't know like I said you're gonna have teams not being able to afford to play D1 football anymore
1: and you know what was it on Friday the news was it Friday the news broke that the Big Ten and the SEC were meeting to form like an advisory committee which now as people wondering oh boy you know is these two conferences gonna form and like kind of say bye bye to the NCAA you know sort of I mean there's that could be the future of college athletics you know, influenced that way, too, with those two conferences who have been just collecting, you know, new universities like you have a card collection, you know, (laughs) Big Ten expanding and all that. So now you kind of wonder, oh, boy, could the NCAA has got to be a little bit nervous, I would think, too.
0: Well, I think the NCAA knows that they don't hold the ultimate power anymore. Mm -hmm. It's these conferences right now, these big power conferences hold the cards more than the NCAA does, so... Yeah, I mean, it, they they should be nervous because they just got they got to mess it. They got to figure out how to do it. And I don't know what the answer is. Right. Wow. I really don't. And now you're, you know, the thing is, like, you look at the basketball and you, you don't see. It doesn't seem like there's that much panic when you look on the basketball side of things. Mm-hmm. Is it just because the amount of money that's going to these football teams is just um, more outrageous, right? Than it is for basketball. I don't know. It just doesn't seem like there's as much of you know. Obviously, people talk about the transfer portal in basketball. But it seems like football, it seems like a bigger mess than it is in
1: basketball. You're seeing now. guys, I think, in football almost a couple times yeah. entering the transfer yep. portal. And I you do yeah. in basketball. I'm not going to yep. lie.
0: I'm not trying to sugarcoat and say basketball is right. perfect. No. By m- no means you've seen guys that have three or four schools. Mm-hmm. But that's also, I mean, if you're an athlete, now you have a choice. Yeah. And that's, that's the tough thing, I think, for people to accept is that true amateurism is gone. Yes, pretty much in the world of sports at this point. For fo- well, football, doesn't matter. You're not going to. The- there's no Olympic. For- right. There is now flag, flag football. football. Well, yes, yep. I don't want
1: to discount that. But yeah. By the way, they have a job opening for that. Uh, the VP of flag football through the NFL. I might apply.
0: There you go. Hey, you got experience. <laughs> you, you, you've managed some flag football. I did. You did. Did some
1: triple uh, reverses and there all. You that. Go. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I
0: think it's just. It's really. I, the money is the big thing, but the money isn't everything in sports now. Mm-hmm. You can't talk about a sport without throwing the money issue in. Yep, because that's just the world we live in now, and I'm saying it's for better or worse. Yep, money is the one thing that's talking the most in sports. Go to the PGA Tour; the amount of six billion dollars invested by them, mm-hmm. not even from the PIF, just right. from you know, just so they can compete and then get that negotiate. If it's just for for negotiation platform. That's huge. Yep. Obviously, the NFL is the money making machine that yep. just keeps churning out billions of dollars. They got their own dollars. printing
1: machine over there. Yeah. You know, it's. <laughs>
0: Some people can say, well, the NBA is down, like, you know, because they got beat by an Iowa game or something like that. Yeah. NBA is doing fine. Look at those crowds. Yeah. Now, if you're a team that's struggling, maybe you're not getting those crowds, but the NBA is going to be fine. hmm. Baseball is still throwing money hand over fist at guys. Yep. More than any other sport. They're still throwing. $700 million
1: to a dude. Yeah. You know?
0: And we're not even getting worldwide where, you know, soccer money is insane. So, I mean, mm-hmm. unfortunately, the day we live in is there is just dollars and cents drive everything right now. And mm-hmm. we're seeing it trickle into the college sports world. It's yeah. Not even trickle. Just deluge coming in there. And they don't know what to do.
1: Isn't it kind of, you know, it used- wasn't that long ago, Justice, where we were talking about like... NFL coaches or coordinators in the NFL going to the college level for head coaching jobs. I mean, I remember when McCarthy was coaching in Green Bay, there was a rumor that Texas wanted him, and he had a home in Texas, so there was that rumor, like, could he leave Green Bay to be the Texas Longhorns coach? And, you know, you hear all these other coaches. I mean, now you kind of wonder, would a guy, would there ever be another Nick Saban that would leave the Dolphins to go back to college? You know, that's yeah. with how much college has changed with that. Well,
0: it was always the pureness. Yeah. That's, you know, college, you go back, that's the pure football. Mm-hmm. You don't have the business aspect involved. Well, right. if you're a D1 coach, that business aspect is huge. Yep. I'm sure it is, in, you know, D2, it's it's in there, not as much. Mm-hmm. So D2 and D3, I think if you really wanted to go back to more pure football, right. those are going to be the two avenues you go to. But right now, we're a smaller D1 school. Mm-hmm. But if you want to be in one of those major conference D1 football teams, it's a business, yeah. It's a big business now.
1: I mean, you look at Alabama too, because after Saban, you know, retired, and they bring in really good coach, but there was how many kids like, nope, we're going to go to transfer portal. Right. Yeah, you know, there's like, nope, we're go- we're going to go somewhere else. I think. And, that,
0: what do you, if the, the limit's probably going to have to be put in there for how many transfers. I know they're working on that. Yep, and I just don't know. 'Cause it used to be the there's no waiting period anymore. Right. That was always a big thing. Like you yep. transferred, then you had to wait maybe either a year mm-hmm. or maybe half a – you know, sometimes you'd get that semester where a guy could come in right. and start. Now there's nothing. You know, so it it's it really is like how do you navigate, how do you put even if you try to limit, that's the thing. Lawsuits are gonna happen. Yes. And I think that's the problem with that NCAA is looking at it's like anything we try to do mm-hmm. is gonna result in a Court case in a long court case. So they want to do it without having to spend more money on litigation. Yep. But I think it's going to come down to just finding a way to. You're going to have to
1: remember. Was it ten years ago when Bo Ryan, who was that player? He wouldn't let him out of the. Oh, I know who. Was it Hannon or was it not Hannon? No. It might have been Hannon. Was it? But you remember? Then he no, just got.
0: I know who it is, and I can't think of his name. But yeah. No. He, yeah.
1: he just got ridiculed all over the place. He wouldn't let him go to Iowa. Yeah. Yep. I remember listening to. I think he was on ESPN radio, and like Trey Wingo or something was just going after him, you know, right. for, for that. Now you kind of wonder: Do a lot of people wish it would go back to that? To the the yeah. restrictions part of it?
0: Yeah, I mean, I I'm sure the coaches do. Yeah. Because then it would just you know guys wouldn't be able to just do it. Yep. But yeah, I it, it wasn't Bohannon. No. I can see him too. He was a really skinny, talented player.
1: I'm gonna I'm bringing it up here. Um
0: so you can get it first, Utah. Utah,
1: Utah, Utah, Utah. Yep, Utah. yep, yep. yep. I
0: really wanted to get that one before you did.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Slow Monday
0: morning. It's like playing Jeopardy where you know the answer. I googled
1: then, it, so I cheated. So yeah, um, but, I'll have those
0: days in Jeopardy where I, I should know this answer, and then yeah. as soon as they say, I'm like, Why didn't that come to my head? It's like mm-hmm. didn't have enough coffee in the morning.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I just I wonder what college sports going to look like in the next few years. You I know, don't
0: know. They got to get. A, they have to find a way to get her. Handle on it. Yeah, because, I mean,
1: ha- you hear players like, oh, NIL, now players will stay longer. But now it's like the opposite effect. Coaches might be looking to leave quicker. Yeah. And maybe take them lesser jobs.
0: I don't know. I mean, I, the word that comes, you know, the phrase that comes to mind is happy medium. Yeah. You got to find a happy medium where you can balance. And I know that's what they're looking for in every sport and every mm-hmm. level. But football, I don't think, I football's still making a ton of money. Yeah. We can't. Sit out there and say college football isn't making money because people are still watching those big matchups. And mm-hmm. it's just, you know, you got to like think of like Jim Harbaugh. Guy wins a national title. First thing everybody's thinking of is he's going back to the NFL. Right. you were thinking about that before. Now, granted, there's, there's other circumstances with Michigan that might have led him to leave right. too. But yep. yeah, as soon as a guy now gets to that point, it's not is he going to stay forever? It's mm-hmm. when is he leaving to the NFL? And that's not good for college football either.
1: Well, and it's kind of maybe like the level, like the the universities at the level of a Boston college, you know, because I feel like, I could be wrong, but I feel like a lot of the major ones, like I don't see Luke Fickle leaving his job to be a defensive coordinator in the NFL. Right. I could be completely wrong, but, uh, you know, that's the feeling I don't get. But it's those other universities like, okay, like a Boston college, a North Carolina or whatever, those head coaches, would they be like, hey, I know I'm not going to win a national championship here anyways. Do you... Just like go to the NFL yeah. then so you can focus on being a coordinator.
0: Well, I think it's the guys the guys who fit in college are the guys who almost are salesmen by nature. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I look at Luke Fickle, and he's he kinda almost embraces the chance to go out there and I think PJ Flex another one yep. with the Gophers. These guys are charismatic and, and, and really can go and talk. The day like you don't see the day and age of the coach who's just Coach, 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 and doesn't think, you know, it's center lane is just completely football. I don't know if you can do that in college football. And
1: do you think that was the downfall of Paul Chris almost a little bit? Because you heard a lot of the the recruiting suffered a little bit where it was just because, you know, and I know it's speculation, but it's like, I don't want to have to go do all this and, you know, try it in transfer portal. I mean, it wears, I got to imagine it wears on a lot of those coaches. Yeah. And
0: I think Paul Chris, incredibly nice guy. Mm -hmm. Not the most charismatic, but I mean, you listen to his, you know, he's a funny guy, but. I don't know what, you know, if you're recruits, you're looking for the bells and whistles now. Yeah. And it's almost, that's that's what you have to be if you're a head coach. Mm-hmm. It's not, you know, the old school, like a Bill Belichick for a college. I don't know if that can exist anymore in this day and age of college football.
1: I would love if he would go coach at Fordham. Yeah. <laughs> you know, something like that. You know, you know Fort Navy. Navy. I mean, that's the yeah. thing.
0: If you're going to do it like that, you're going to have to go to a smaller school. Yeah. Because these if you're in a power conference, they're expecting mm-hmm. returns. And that's the other thing. Yeah, head coach in college, and two years that you're done. Yep. Now, it's mean, same in the pros, right? But in college, it used used to at least get a you know a little longer of a chance to do something. Those buyouts don't matter anymore. No,
1: I mean the Jimbo Fisher one kind of just took care of all that. I mean, if there's a university willing to buy out the rest of his contract, right. it's like, oh, okay, what's stopping everybody else? Right, from and it's that? not even like school
0: as much as like if you have a booster who says hey i'm willing to pitch in this money to to get rid of this guy and put in somebody else that i like yeah they're gonna do it yep so it's it's yeah it's to navigate that world in college football it's it's crazy and i don't i I don't know how yeah there's got to be some there's got there's no map yeah. So until there's a map, it's it's going to be
1: kind of the Wild West out there. I was just going to say Wild West, and you, just, you you said it perfectly. There, you beat me on something. So. Hey. All right, that's going to do it for us on this episode of the Man Cave Podcast. Again, brought to you by our good friends from Hy-Vee and Toys and Ford. As always, big thanks for tuning in, and a big thanks for all of you who have been listening lately and uh, all of you who have been rating and reviewing the podcast. If you could take a few seconds, if you haven't done so yet, like on Spotify and Apple to give us a five-star rating and a positive review so others can find the podcast. Until next time, I'm Dan Casper, and I will talk to you on the next episode of the Man Cave Podcast.